Good afternoon soccer fans, welcome to Soccer in the States, I am Johnny Clifford. Uh, today's episode, episode number four, is with Nick Evans, Mr Nick Evans. He is the Academy Director of SAFC, he is also the Assistant Coach for SAFC's USL franchise. Uh, he's been in San Antonio for a, a long time now, since moving over from England. We had a really good podcast. We spoke about his life growing up, how he moved around a lot in England and Wales and his kind of senior career and I guess his life as a young aspiring footballer. Uh, we then spoke about his decision to come over to the United States, uh, his collegiate career and all the, the challenges that came along with, you know, a British guy coming over to America and adjusting to the, the heat in San Antonio and, and everything that goes along with that. Uh, we then transitioned to speaking a little bit more about what, what he's doing now and, and his career uh, as a coach and as a, a developer of young soccer players in the city of San Antonio. Uh, very impressed with his view for the game. Nick's someone that's very well respected here in San Antonio. He's got a good outlook on how the game should be played. Very strong opinions on young footballers and, and what he expects. A uh, really good podcast. I'm sure you guys will enjoy it. Uh, as always, if you've got any feedback, please feel free to reach out. Uh, subscribers is key for me. So I appreciate anybody that subscribe and, and leaves ratings or leaves feedback on the on the iTunes app. Uh, this podcast is sponsored by Murad.com. That's M-U-R-A-D.com for all your men's skincare needs. Uh, get on that, guys. Helps you out with the crow's feet. The ladies don't like wrinkles, so get that cream on the wrinkles, sort yourself out, look after your face, it's the only one you'll ever have. Use code JOHNNYFOOTBALL5 for 10% off. Hope you all enjoy, have a good day. Alright, welcome to Soccer in the States, uh, myself Johnny Clifford, I'm joined here by San Antonio FC Assistant Coach and Head of the Academy, Nick Evans. Nick, thanks for joining us. Yeah, no problem, thanks. Uh, Nick, so I wanted to bring you in today, obviously you're well known in, in San Antonio here for your, your coaching and, and you've been here for a while now. Uh, tell us, you know, a little bit, originally you grew up in England, you moved around a lot, you just told me off here. Yeah, my dad was uh, in the military when I was growing up as a kid and, you know, we were fortunate that we got to move around and live in different places. Uh, had a spell in Northern Ireland for five years uh, and then we moved back to uh, Wales, you know, originally, you know, born in Wales and then moved back when we were 14 as kids to, uh, to live at home. And football was always that always inbred in you from an early age, your parents, or, or I mean, how 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 was Keir kind of young? Yeah, mum and dad, mum and dad, are, you know, avid football fans, and um, you know, from from early, you know, football was you know part of the family, and my, my granddad and you know my own father were good football players, and you know it passed on to the kids, and you know played since I was four years old. Right. So uh, I mean, we 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 kind of spoke about it a little bit off air, but. Uh, you eventually signed your pro with Shrewsbury. Yeah, I was a youth player at Shrewsbury when I was. I joined Shrewsbury when I was 15 years old. Right. So I joined them as 15, and I uh, was there for about three and a half years. Um, left them when I was 19. Um, we got relegated to uh, the conference, and then 19 players left. I was right. one of the players that left at the time. 
uh, when I played in the Welsh Premier League. So I moved from Shrewsbury, went to play in the Welsh Premier League for three years. So moved back home, played in the Premier League of Wales for three seasons. Um, and at the same time, I was fortunate that um, I was able to, to go to university. So wow. I decided to make the decision, you know, probably wasn't going to be ever playing at the top top level of football. Yeah. So I made the decision to go to university, study sport and exercise science alongside playing um, as well. So I took that took that route. That's very similar to me. I'd done the same thing. I was at Livingston from 16 to 19 and then they went into administration and got releg and they released 14 players. I was one of them. And at the same time I was doing a BA and exercise science, an HND it was, an exercise science at a college, so that's, that's, I didn't know, that's pretty, pretty good. So, I guess you, you played over 100 games in the Welsh Premier yeah. League, when did the decision come around and how did the decision, I guess, to come around to, to come over to the States and had that been something you'd been thinking about? Or? Yeah, I think, you know, you know, when you grow up as a kid and you move around a lot, you know, it's kind of get itchy feet living in one place for too, yeah. you know, for too long and yeah. I think, you know, came, you know, I was 22 years old coming to the conclusion of, um, you know, college and doing an undergrad and I thought, you know what, I want to try something different. Um, was extended the opportunity, afforded the opportunity to come to the States and study for a master's degree and play soccer as well. So right. I decided that was probably for me going to be a good direction at the time. So I made that decision and uh, you know, fortunate, came over, came to San Antonio, was offered the opportunity to come play here at the Inc University Incarnate Word. Division two at the time, yeah, um, that's right. arrived. There was five British guys arrived at the same time. We all came together. Uh, we, our team year one was mostly you know older graduate students or older guys, foreigners. Uh, we had a very good team, you know, guys from you know Israel, Serbia, Colombia, you know, the UK. Oh. It, it, it was a great experience. And who, who was the coach there at the time? It was uh, current Cornell University head coach uh, John Smith. John Smith, right? Okay. Yeah, so All John right. was the head coach. He brought me over. It was his first year. It was uh, our first year, my first year as a graduate student there. Oh. So I came in with him and spent two years there with him. And you only, so you only two years eligibility? Yeah, I was only two years. Yeah, I was a graduate student. Right. So I, I did two years master's degree um, yeah. in kinesiology and then, uh, yeah, graduated 2008. Right. And what would you, I mean, to, to any kind of British guys that are listening over here, I always find it interesting how how you first found football over here. I mean, you know, the difference in the, the climate, especially being in San Antonio. I presume you came over in the fall. Like, what was that like when you first got here? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was really interesting when we arrived uh, July 27th and uh, I remember, you know, I came over with a, another, uh, an English lad from Canvey Island, uh, John Edwards, and I remember getting off the plane and I was thinking to myself, you know, you know, the air conditioning mustn't be working because it was that hot. <laughs> you know, we come outside, it's 11 p.m. at night, you know, and it's 95 degrees, and yeah. you're asking yourself, I don't know what I'm going to experience tomorrow. Yeah. And sure enough, the next day, I mean, you know, the heat here, anyone can tell you in South Texas, is, is incredibly hot yeah. in the summer. And then, you know, our first game, uh, we, we played um, down in Laredo, you know, on the border of you know, the US and Mexico. And the first, I remember looking on the van, you know, as we were getting out before the game, and it's 44 degrees. And you're asking, you, you know, you're asking, I, I, I've never played in 30 degrees, <laughs> never mind 44 degrees. And you're talking about like Mexico. Yeah, I mean, it was, yeah. it was an incredible little place. It was like a little hostile atmosphere. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, they had good players. I mean, you know, as I've 
you know, grown to know over the course of the time here, you know, the Latino player is, you know, a very, very different player than what we were used to growing up playing against uh -huh. back at home in Europe. Um, very, very different. So it was a great experience. Very good. And just, but just a big culture shot, right? I mean, yeah, it was a massive, uh, it was a massive change. The big, the biggest change, the biggest thing for me, what I had to adapt to during my time period here was, you know, I was older, I was 22 uh -huh. at the time, I was a graduate student and I played 100 plus games in the Welsh Premier League yeah. with, with men. Yeah. And then I come here and I was the oldest, one of the oldest players on the team yeah. and there was 18 year old boys yeah. who, you know, 18-year-old kids in this country, are, you know, elite, have just left home. Yeah. It was very, very different. Yeah. You know, I'd left home at, you know, 15 years old to go and play at Shrewsbury. Yeah. I'd been away from home for a long, long period of time, and yeah. then we had these younger kids coming in. So that piece was definitely difficult to try and adjust to. Yeah. Was uh, just the, the type of player, the mentality of the player, uh, not so much the quality, there's good players everywhere you yeah. go, but just it was, you know, I've gone from playing with men and the professionalism and the expectation, demand, accountability, you know, I'd already felt like, you know, I understood that and then come, it's a little bit different when you come, you know, as an older player here. Yeah, no, I was the same, I came over at 22 and I found that I went to straight to South Georgia and, and I was like, I always struggled with... I thought I was a pacey centre-back, you know, back home, and people were like, oh, you should play on the wing or something, you know, you're, you're too quick and too, for a centre-back, and I got over here and everybody's faster than me. And I just always, I just didn't, I, I would tell people, I'd be like, everybody's fast, I'm slow compared to these guys, <laughs> but I always felt that I was a little bit more, a kind of football IQ ahead yeah. of everybody else, and that was really what kind of set me apart. But I guess, what would you, what would you say, you know, in your experience of coming over here, I, I, I always think when, when some foreign guys over here, they don't fully respect the American game and, and it's getting stronger by the year, yeah. every year now, but I always think they come over and they think, you know, we try and prepare them as college coaches, we try and prepare them and say, look, you've got to be in phenomenal shape, you've got to understand this is a different type of game with the, with the substitutions that, that anything you've ever experienced. So, I mean, what was, I guess, what would you compare that to? People always ask me, can, what's it like back home? Is it Division One? Is it not? Is it Conference? Is it Championship? What would you say? It's so hard. Yeah, it's difficult to. I think difficult to try and, you know, gauge the difference in terms of or quite, you know, what level it is. You yeah. know, in terms of, you know, in terms of the the actual American player when we first came over. You know, I think you alluded to. You know, the athleticism pieces was was huge. I mean, I was probably the slowest kid on the field. Yeah. But I probably had the probably the highest football IQ. Yeah. So there was, you know, a trade off in certain things. The game was very much back and forth, you know, very much a transition game in terms of, you know, people's capacity as teams to really control the game wasn't wasn't present then. Yeah. And then we fast forward, you know, eleven years since I've been here and now the game is very much developed with a youth player into a much structured you know, place where now the type of player that you're seeing um, coming out has got a you know a higher football IQ than yes. what I you know think they had, you know maybe ten years ago on, on a mass hole, not yeah. not not one or two things, but on a on a mass. And and you had a really good career at Incarnate Word. You were mm. uh, an All American right there. Yeah, I was uh, All American in 2006 and 2007, and then an All American in 2007 as an academic All American. Excellent. Yeah, so it was a it was a good experience. And and when you came over here, you always thought it was going to be two years, or, or how did the decision when you came over here come to be that all right, this this may be home for me? Uh, 
I don't think when I first came, the decision was this is going to be home. Um, that changed when I met my wife. Uh -huh. So very quickly, you know, I was here for a little period of time and, you know, met my wife. She played on the women's team. Right, okay. And, uh, nice. you know, met her after three months and, uh, you know, 10 years of marriage this year, three kids later, and it's uh, still going the same, you know. Brilliant. So it's, uh, you know, look, I can, I can attest to anyone, this is, you know, it, it, the difference in lifestyle, the difference in opportunities, the difference to be able to... You know, build just a different life for yourself here is is far more than what I ever expected it to be. Didn't set out with any intention on being here past the two years. Uh -huh. You know, things change and yeah. you, you know you, you get this opportunity, you roll with the punches and you meet someone and that's that's life, you know. Uh, I guess from, from your playing career, where did the was there any aspirations to continue your playing career or were you were you always in the view that, you know, I want to be a coach? Are you realistic about your ability or, or, or how did that whole change nah, come over? I think I think come the end of my second year of playing, I think uh, I think the time had come. I'd obviously, you know, still playing at college. I mean, you have to play every day, training yeah. every day. And I'd been through that since I was 16 years old. I thought at the time, you know, I'm 24. I'm not going to play at the top level. It, it wasn't going to be for me. And, you know, I, I enjoyed coaching. I was fortunate. I started coaching when I was 19 years old. And uh -huh. I was still a player. Um, had the opportunity to, you know, be a part of, you know, uh, the, the academy at Aberystwyth Town in the Welsh Premier League and coach a team there and then run development centres in the county. And it kind of gave me a, a thirst, you know, and f for the game and appetite for the game. And kind of, I knew myself that, you know, that was the avenue that I wanted to go down more, right. than, more than playing. I mean, you, you can't substitute playing, but at the same time, coaching was something for me that I thought was, you know, would, would be a good... Um, opportunity for me long term. It keeps yourself involved in the game. Yeah, it keeps myself involved in the game here. Yeah. So I, I guess from there, how did that whole transition happen? Where you know, how did you you get your foot in the door over here? Obviously, you had some coaching experience from home, and with graduating with a master's degree, that's always always key as well. Yeah, it was a, actually a, a kind of you know kind of an interesting one. Uh, the, the former captain of Incarnate Word, who's the current Charlotte head coach, Kevin Langan, uh -huh. um, I kind of, when he graduated, I took over from him playing. So uh -huh. I became the captain, centre-back, he left, he went to a club called Classics Elite. Uh -huh. When I graduated, he helped me get into Classics, and that's Classics Elite here in San Antonio, that's kind of where I got the start. Okay. I worked, um, worked with eight, nines and ten-year-olds in the academy, uh, you know, with, with Classics, and then from there, um, after a spell working with uh, another another coach from UTRGB, Lee Williams, we worked uh, for uh, an organisation called the, the YWCA, the Young Women's Christian Association, down okay. down in San Antonio on the west side, and you know a high at risk area. It kind of taught me a lot of things about people, and you know we had kids who were very very underprivileged, and we would run sports programs for them. So I kind of I kind of knew after. You know, a period of time that I wanted to transition full time. Uh, was afforded the opportunity to do with classics uh, with uh, Brian Monaghan, who I, you know, class is someone you know very important in you know what I've done over the course of the years. Uh -huh. uh, had the opportunity to work with those guys, and you know, didn't look back. And how did you meet Lee Williams? Out of interest, did you? He, did you oh, long story. <laughs> Lee, Lee's absolutely pivotal to to how where I am with yeah. him as well. He, I, I met him playing. So I went to the I went to the Aztecs for PDL and I tore a ligament in my knee, like a bad strain, minor tear. So my college coach at the time, I was supposed to go back to Georgia. My college coach was like, 
oh, you know, just come back to Georgia. But uh, Paul Dalgleish was like, oh, I know someone in San Antonio. So he set me up with worldwide soccer camps. Right, right. By the end of the summer, I was feeling good again. So I was going into my sophomore year and I was playing for International FC, who okay. you remember, yeah, yeah, I'm sure yeah, you yeah. played for them. And Lee Williams was playing left back and he's like, yeah, listen, like, can you come like try out at Olu? And I was like, oh, look, I've already committed to this other NAIA school. And he's like, all right, well, we kept in touch with me. He went to Lubbock Christian under Matt Barnes. Yeah. And then he was like, you know, oh, can you transfer it? I was like, I don't have any NCAA eligibility because of my playing career back home. I have to play NAI. All right, okay, that's fine. Well, then Matt gets the PDL job the next summer. And Lee's like, hey, do you want to go and play PDL? So the third try I asked, and I was like, yeah, definitely. I've been looking at PDL this summer. Let me speak to this guy. So I spoke to Matt Barnes. He brought me in. I was a captain at the soccer's in his first season there. And then Matt brought me to San Francisco State with him. So I always joke with Lee, you know, like if I had never played. But I guess I always tell that story to people because I think if I had just been, you know, if I'd been hung over that morning, like a lot of people were, <laughs> or if I had just, you know, not really tried, I thought I was too big for my boots, you know, yeah. Lee would never have been like, oh, you know, this guy's a good player, he's a good centre-back, he, he does this or that. So he kept in touch with me for years. And yeah. I was really lucky that, that when Matt got that job, that he, you know, it set me up for my whole coaching career. And Yeah, he's, uh, you know, and I've known Lee, you know, I met him the first, I think his first day here when he moved to San Antonio. Uh -huh. And then we, you know, obviously there's a Welsh connection and you know right. a lot of the guys you know that I played with you know he knows those guys they're a lot of the Swansea boys so and Lee loves Wales yeah he's he yeah he's, he's, he's Welsh through and through you know oh he's, my God. he's uh yeah he's a Swansea Jack and yeah that's him you know but uh I've known him a long long time now helped me out initially you know with an opportunity and obviously you know extremely close friends on you know yeah. on this side of the somebody to consider you know the the closest one so yeah he's a good guy yeah he is good guy I've got a lot of time for Lee uh, so you, you know moving on from there uh, with, with your involvement in that organisation I guess talk us through the kind of timeline on how you ended up with the the, the SAFC which is what, the Scorpions at the time I guess yeah. talk us through how that transition happened so we the at the time I was you know, I've Executed a few roles at Classics Elite. I was the academy director, moved into being the academy director, and then moved into being the pre-academy director. So I was responsible for the players, you know, 13, 14, 15. Um, there came a moment where uh, the current, uh, or the past, sorry, NASL group that were here in San Antonio, the Scorpions uh, and Classics Elite, um, went into discussions about, you know, each one, having a relationship in terms of youth players mm -hmm. uh, so I was afforded the opportunity to you know our classics teams became Scorpions teams and right. I would run you know the 13s 14s 15 Scorpions um, pre-academy teams and we played in the TAPAL which was the Texas pre-academy league um, for that period of time uh, also you know fortunately 2014 um, Alan Marcina who was the the new head coach of the Scorpions asked me to become his assistant. Okay. So I became his first assistant for the Scorpions that year in the NESL, 2014. So I was combining the role with the academy, working with the first team. Uh -huh. So I was with him for for two years. Um, you know, learned so much under under him as you know, he's a very very smart tactician of football. Sees the game. You know, it, it, it kind of share the same vision of how football should be played. Um, he was great 
opportunity presented itself. We were very successful. 2014 won the NASL double. You know the That's soccer right. ball and the full championship. Yeah, and then the you know the, the the following year, you know, unfortunately, you know, or fortunately, whichever way you know some people look at it for for football. Um, you know, we didn't have a great season, and wow. you know, at the end of that season, you know, uh, Scorpions uh, ceased to exist as an NASL franchise. And you know, very fortunate that you know SSNE, San Antonio Spurs Sports and Entertainment, and uh, SAFC was born out of that. So, again, afforded a, another opportunity to remain um, a part of a professional coaching staff. So I, I was able to 2000 and uh, 16 become the, one of the assistant coaches here at San Antonio and then in the June of that year I was asked to become the academy director um, for the academy they were going to start a brand new academy program yep. uh, we started it from an organic growth model from minute you know we're going to be able to affect a better pool of players if we started it from brand new so instead of you know bringing in the whole club, we decided that we start at the youngest age group, U twelve, and create our own culture, create our own identity, create our own um, player pathway that we felt would more reflect the opportunities that you know the players in the city needed at the time. So we did that. And obviously, as we've gone through now in that last eighteen months, we've been building that program out. Currently, at three teams, we'll expand to four teams next year. Year after that, expand to five, to six, to seven. Yeah. Yeah, and continue to grow with that. And and how is how have you? I guess your first kind of two years in San Antonio w w w on the academy side. How would you say that? How has that been going? And how have you? Uh, I guess how have you came up against when you've came up against other academy styles? What what do you think the level is it here in San Antonio compared to other places in the US? Yeah, we've got um, you know, we want to. We definitely have a very specific style of play. It's very reflective of the city, very reflective of the type of players that we have here. You know, we, we know we want to dominate the ball, we want to, you know, because you know, you know, a lot of our players, uh, you know, have come from that environment here in San Antonio where we try and play. And um, in terms of where we stack up against everybody else, you know, we, it's, it's a difficult one to gauge right now because they're so young. Uh -huh. As we go through the process, hopefully, you know, it'll be able to show that we've done good work. We currently have two players on the under-14s who went into the national team camp um, and they participated in there earlier this year. Uh, we feel there could be a couple more um, within the next six months who might be afforded that opportunity. So in terms of, you know, elite players, we have them. Yeah. You know, in terms of uh, the process for us, obviously over the course of the next four years becomes vitally important and critical to, to only determine, you know, the success of the academy. I mean, the proof's in the pudding really at the end of the day, whether you can get players in the first team and, you know, that's, uh, you know, that's what our MO is at the end of the day is can we put a player in the USL team? Yeah, and, and not only that, but, you, you know, you spoke a little bit there about you know, developing players, and but you're also, you know, anyone that's that's coaching at a youth level here has got to be held responsible at some point for developing the the, the soccer here as a country. You know, developing the the style of play here, mm. developing the the players, and and I guess you know, getting more of the the kind of better athletes or, or more talented players like over to football. Uh, I I think there's a great. Well, we're in great competition here as, as soccer coaches with baseball and football whereas in the UK and other places in Europe you're getting those people are choosing football first I 
still think over here it's it's not quite at that stage, but certainly you know it's making great strides now. Uh, what would you say is kind of key, you know, over the next ten years? What would you like to see in the development of the game over here in general? I think definitely, obviously, you know, game insight, decision making of players. You know, obviously, from the perspective of you know players players exposure to the game you know on across all levels obviously from a tv perspective we've we have the opportunity now you know anyone can turn the tv on and there's you know 10 15 games on yeah. that any kid can choose from and be able to watch you know the the top players in the world playing obviously you know here within what we have at san antonio we expose the players to obviously the usl so they've got their own season pass each yep. so they can come and watch the games there's you know that we, we ask them to come and watch the games yeah. then obviously we have first team uh, players involved as mentor coaches within uh -huh. the first team so they're able to give those experiences yeah. after and we're trying to create an environment that is going to be reflective of the demands associated if you were able to step up to the next level so you know everything is decision making for us your uh -huh. ability to be able to make decisions at you know speed and your ability to, to try and see the game ahead of everybody else uh -huh. And if you came and watched our teams, you know we're we're the smallest teams around. I mean we're tiny, uh -huh. but you know we have very good football players. So for us, it's a case of trying to when we ID players, when we determine if we're going to bring a player in, we're looking for their football capacity, intelligence, first and foremost, and then from there, then we look at other attributes that they may have. And you know, and I wouldn't say uh, touching on that point here, I wouldn't say that that's probably, uh, you know only native to American soccer. We all grew up with the big guy up top that everybody banged, burned the ball yeah. to and he scored 100 goals in the season. I grew up with a guy like that myself, but by the time we turned 16 and everybody was the same height, that guy had lost yeah, those sure. decision-making abilities, those skills to beat people one-on-one. -on -one. And I always try and do that when I'm coaching my own kids. I'm like, look, I know you're faster than that defender, but I don't just want you to hit the ball past him and run because he's going to catch up to you. Yeah. So developing those you know, 1v1 dribbling skills, decision-making, they'll be able to beat people in different ways. Uh, I'm a big believer in that. I'm a big believer in everybody being innate dribblers and shooters and uh, because all over, not as I said before, not just in America, but all over the world, is, we seem to be putting winning first. And, and young soccer guys that are 9s, 10s, 11s, 12s, are the coaches are focusing on winning rather than player development and, and it's just I think it's very detrimental yeah we have you know here at the club you know we have a, a an academy program we have an individual development plan for every player so everyone has an IDP you know it's all catered towards the individual not the team so uh -huh. yeah we're playing in, in, in a team setting obviously but in terms of each player's you know development it has to be individually focused so you know within the night but one night a week we have play up night so the top play ups from each players from each group will play up into the the age group above uh -huh. uh, a couple of things allows for that to happen obviously those players are going to get stretched those players are going to have demands on them that they don't normally have when they're playing in the in their own age group unless it's manufactured and we can manipulate it and also allows the kids who, you know, have to compete all week with the better players to have this little bit of freedom where they can come into a session and get a lot of success um, because it doesn't frequently happen uh, for them in other sessions. So for us, it's a case of trying to establish, okay, you know, what does each individual player have? Where are they in their development? You know, where are they, you know, at their stage and what do they need in order to be able to go forward to the, to the next age group? Yeah, that's interesting. What... I guess moving on to you know World Cups this summer, 
Uh, United States has not obviously qualified for that. Uh, would, would you say that's a big disappointment for you in the way that getting so- getting exposure of, of football and soccer in this country more? Yeah, I think obviously I think you, you know it's a disappointment for everyone. Obviously, yeah. you know uh, you talk about it from a fan perspective, and you want to turn the TV on and you want to see the US being represented there, you know, in Russia, and you want to, you know, because we have very good players. And, yeah, you of know, course. Or, or, you know, there's good players that play for the men's national team, and I think it's, uh, if anything, I, I hope it's uh, an opportunity for us to, you know, okay, determine why. We didn't make it. Like a little wake uh, up, uh, and say, okay, well, what's our you know goals over the next ten years? Uh, yeah. You know, we have currently, you know, you have Christian Pulisic, you have Weston McKinney, that you know, playing in Europe and playing at yeah. big Bundesliga clubs, and you know, there's there's very good talent here in this country, and uh, you know, I believe over the course of the next you know four, eight, twelve years, we're gonna we're gonna see that um, that that player level. Um, be apparent on the on the national stage. Right. I guess we'll kind of finish up by uh, what's next for Nick, Nick Evans. So over the next five ten years, what are, what are your ambitions? You're heavily involved with this club here. You spoke about growing that. Uh, what I guess you know twofold your own you know personal ambitions and your professional ambitions over the next you know next five to ten years. What's next for you? No, I mean you know I think constantly every day it's about growth. So growth is, you know, you, you can't preach to the kids about growth unless you're growing yourself. So, you know, for us, you know, for me specifically, it's trying to grow the academy program in terms of its quality, uh-huh. um, trying to get good people alongside you who, you know, believe in what you're trying to do. And then, you know, try and be a better father, try and be a better husband. And that's what kind of my mission is every day and try and just become a better person. And you've got a new little baby as well, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, where uh, my wife is kind of taking the brunt of you know the baby right now. I have two older boys, um, one's eight, one's seven, and then I have a I have an eight week old baby. So saw some little videos on your Instagram and things of him striking the ball. Looks like a young young player in the midst. Yeah, the both both of them are uh, both young boys. They 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 absolutely love the game. I mean, it's a passion, you yeah. know, and and you you, you get reinvigorated when your own children and they have a passion it's a rawness it's yeah. not it's not anything forced you know both of them are, uh, are loving you know playing the game and trying to grow in the game and you know they're just they're just big fans of the game you know go and pick them up yesterday from school and the one the older ones running out asking me you know are we winning are we winning what's the Liverpool score are we winning and you kind of you, you know that's what you experience that's as a what you kid want, right? and that's I, what I, just, I want I want my children to have yeah. a passion for it you know, obviously, you know, this is my profession and this is what I'm involved in. And, you know, for anyone, this is, as you know, this is serious hours away, sacrifice from yeah. your family. So you hope that your children don't see this as a negative because you don't get to be with them because you're constantly at football and soccer. And But they, they've embraced it. They love the game. They love playing it. They just, that's all they want to do. And they just love football, which is for me is is my ultimate fulfillment as a you know as a somebody who's been involved in football my whole life, and then to have my children want to be involved in it is is amazing. Excellent. Well, Nick, thanks for a pleasure. Thanks for joining us, and uh, appreciate your time. No, I appreciate it. Thanks, son. No problem. Bye bye.